Well, I'm so uh, glad that you're here tonight. Like I said, my name is Adam, and I'm the pastor here at Sanctuary. Man, we're just so glad you're here. Uh, God is up to some great things in our community, and I'm just excited for you to be a part of it. And as Mark mentioned, we are finishing up a sermon series that we've been calling Unsubscribe. And I want to throw up that verse one more time, and I want to read it to you. It's all about this concept that uh, we want to throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. And we want to run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Every one of us, God is calling us to a specific race, to a specific purpose. But we often get so entangled and hindered by things. And our desire is to unshackle ourselves and run the race freely that God has for us. And so tonight, we're going to talk about a big one that a lot of us find ourselves entangled with, and we're going to talk about screens and technology, okay? Uh, now, I've always been captivated by screens and, and technology. I want to throw up a picture. This is sort of the beginning, the first phase of my captivation with, with screens. Uh, we've got a picture here. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, okay. We're all letting our age show, like, be shown right here. Uh, so yeah, the first one, if you don't know, if you're young and, uh, that one up there, that's the original Nintendo, man. It's got the duck hunt gun with it. I play Contra on that. Man, I just was captivated. I love that. And then over to the, uh, right across from it, you had the Super Nintendo, which, uh, man, the graphics were so lifelike and so great. Uh, and then at the bottom... Uh, what, like the pinnacle of technology, the Game Boy, man. Uh, it's so fascinating to look at it now. It's like twice the size of a smartphone, and we thought it was so brilliant. It was like black and white. It was amazing. Uh, I was so captivated by screens that, uh, man, the most effective punishment that my parents could give me is when they would say, uh, Adam, uh, you've done something really bad, so you can't watch TV or play video games for a week. Now, my mom watches these sermons online, so can we just all agree that that was cruel and unusual punishment? <laughs> it's like up there with communism or something. <laughs> just kidding, Mom. Uh, no, it was super effective because I love video games. I love screens so much that that was, that was hard for me to do. Uh, now let's go to uh, uh, the next phase. Oh, I don't have a picture of this, but the next phase for me with screens, uh, we got our first dial-up internet when I was in junior high. Yeah, yeah. So some of you guys don't know this, but used to, when you wanted to get on the internet, you, you had to go through like a 30-second, what I would call like a launch sequence, where uh, you'd sort of say, hey, I want to get on the internet, and uh, your dial-up would go, it'd make these noises like, beep, It'd take like 30 seconds, and then you were on. You were surfing the web. Uh, but you couldn't use the phone at the same time. So you have to be like, Dad, get off the phone, man. I want to surf the Internet right now. And I, I still remember, like, uh, you would be like, man, I'm on the Internet. It's so fast. Like, I can get a web page. And it takes me, like, 45 seconds. It's amazing. It's great. Uh, so there's dial-up. And then sort of my last phase that I remember with Internet, I was a junior in college. And one of my friends from a neighboring college he was like, dude, you have, to, you have to get this thing that we have at our college. It's, it's like a yearbook, uh, but it's only for college kids. You can sort of meet people in your courses, and you can poke them. And I was like, okay, uh, interesting. 
And uh, he was like, it's called the Facebook, man. It's so cool. And so, yeah, I have a picture. I was uh, early on in Facebook days, Zuckerberg used to have a picture of himself. Did you guys know that? You'd log on, and it would say like a Zuckerberg uh, company. It's so weird. Uh, but yeah, I, so I got on the fa- So our college, we didn't have it. Back then, it was just for college students. And your college basically had to apply to be a part of Facebook. So a lot of us at my college, like we had to write in to Facebook and say, we need the Facebook. We need the Facebook. And so we got it. And I still remember when Facebook opened up to high school kids. And we're like, oh, man, Facebook will never be the same. It's, ne- <laughs> it's never going to make it. It'll never do good. Uh, that was sort of my, la- my last phase. Um, but, man, I've always been captivated by screens and technology. And these days, here's the deal. I'm starting to become concerned that the things that have been so captivating to me are starting to hold me captive. And I have a feeling that I'm not the only one because I talked to a lot of people about this, people in this room. And man, we're not anti-technology. We're not anti-screens. But we're starting to feel like uh, the things that have captivated us are starting to hold us captive. So many have talked to me about this concern, and it's, it's not that we're anti-tech. We're not anti-screens. We're concerned about our autonomy and our freedom. Uh, have you ever been in that situation where you've sort of been in like a black hole of Instagramming, and you're just like, where did my last 45 minutes go? <laughs> you've just been scrolling without even thinking about it, double tapping people's photos. Uh, have you ever been in a situation where Uh, You just realize, oh, I've been tuning out my friends or family without even realizing it. Or have you ever been in a situation where you're missing the beauty of a moment because you're frantically trying to, to capture it and document it with a picture or a video? See, we're starting to feel held captive. And many of us, we're coming, becoming a slave to our devices, the devices that uh, bring us so, let's see if I can get this. Yeah, there we go. We're starting to become chained to our devices. And this is really heavy, by the way. <laughs> it's really uncomfortable, which I guess is the point. But for many of us, uh, it feels like this. It's not that we're against it. It's just that these things have become chained to us. And we're concerned about our freedom. Uh, I want. I, a lot of us, we don't like to use the word addiction, right? Because when you use the word addiction, you think of someone who's hit rock bottom, and that has to go to some meetings. But I don't know about you. Sometimes it sure seems like an addiction. We get a dopamine rush when we get the, the buzz of a text or when we have one of our, our pictures liked on Instagram. We get that dopamine rush. Uh, I don't think these stats will surprise you, but these are 2019 recent stats. The average smartphone user checks their device 47 times a day, which comes out to 17,000 plus times a year. And some of you guys are like, man, I've checked my phone 47 times in the past hour. Are you kidding me? Like, that's nothing. Uh, 85% of smartphone users will check their device uh, while speaking with friends or family. 80% of us Uh, check our phone within one hour of waking up. 35% of us check it within five minutes of waking up. Guilty, right here, guilty. Uh, 47% of smartphone users have attempted to limit their usage in the past year, 
which just shows like how many of us are starting to recognize that this is a concern. Now, I want to say a quick caveat before we finish up this, this talk. Uh, usually, when you hear a talker's sermon like this, the feeling that will come, the reaction you will have will be one of guilt or shame. Like, I'll talk to someone afterwards and be like, oh, I feel so guilty. Can we, can we all agree that we're not going to feel any guilt or shame about this? This is not what this is about. God does not want us to feel shame about this. We just want to be more aware. and We want to see how this is affecting our lives. And the other caveat is many of you actually work at these kind of companies. A lot of you work at Facebook. You work at Google or Apple. And I want to be clear with you as well. Uh, I believe your role in technology is a calling from God. I'm not questioning that. I believe you are called there to bring light in the kingdom to that. So I'm not trying to put down any of that stuff. Because the reality is the power of technology is a force that can and does improve our lives. I totally agree with that. I think we all can. But our current relationship is unsustainable. It's wearing a lot of us down. We're losing our control. It's not an issue of whether it's useful or not. It's an issue of autonomy and freedom that we're losing. When we're held captive, we lose our freedom. And tonight, thankfully, the Bible has a lot to say about freedom and slavery and captivity. And so we want to dive in together. Uh, the theme of slavery and bondage and captivity runs through the entire uh, narrative of the Bible. Are you guys going to get tired of this at all? Okay. Okay, I'm just going to, if I see you nodding off, I'm just going to start doing that. Okay. Uh, we see after the first book of the Bible, the Israelites, uh, God promises them that he's going to bless their nation. And in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, ends so well. But then in the very next book of the Bible, we see that the Israelites have become slaves of the Egyptians. They've been oppressed, forced to do manual labor. Uh, they have no freedom. At one point, uh, the Pharaoh, sort of the king uh, of Egypt, was such a bad dude that he commanded his people to throw all the, the Israelite newborn boys into the Nile River. Uh, just imagine with me the suffering, the injustice, and the lack of freedom. They're desperate for release and freedom. And uh, we see God promising them this in Exodus 6. Let's look at this together. We see this. God says, Say therefore to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will free you from the burdens of the Egyptians and deliver you from slavery to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. You shall know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from the burdens of the Egyptians. So we see that God's desire was for them to be, through, to be free. Uh, but if you know much about the Old Testament, throughout the Old Testament we see this pattern that God frees the Israelites and then the Israelites sort of go back to doing things their own way, sort of being self-centered, self-indulgent, and so they uh, become captive to another group of people. And it happens over and over again. God rescues and redeems, and the Israelites disobey and go back into captivity. And then this thing started happening where the Israelites' prophets, 
they start talking about one day there's going to be a Messiah and he's going to finally free us for good. He's going to free us all. And so then Jesus comes along and he basically confirms this. He quotes one of these prophets early on in his ministry. In Luke 4, he says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to let the oppressed go free. And Jesus confirms that he is here to set everyone free, but it ends up being completely different than what the Israelites thought or what everybody thought. Here's the deal with Jesus. Jesus didn't come to free the nation from captivity. Jesus came to free hearts. Jesus came to free hearts. Jesus was after something way more important than physical freedom. He wanted to release us internally, our souls from the burden of sin. Now, my friends, this is why our captivity to our screens is so important. It's not about the technology. It's not about your phones. It's not about uh, social media. For followers of Jesus, this is an issue of the heart. This is an internal issue with our souls. What is happening to us spiritually when we are addicted to these things? What is happening to our souls when we can't be still and focused? So here's the question tonight. What does Jesus desire for us in our hearts? What's his desire for us in in our hearts? Uh, Galatians 5 says this, verse 1, For freedom... Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. For you are called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use this freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. So it's very simple. Jesus, he wants us to be free. And I had it in my head this moment where I was going to break the chains physically. <laughs> but I went to Ace Hardware and I got like the 10-pound chains. And it's, it's physically impossible. So I'm just going to do this. And you guys can pretend this is super dramatic. He wants to break our chains. <laughs> you guys are so nice. Thank you. You're always so encouraging. I appreciate that. Makes me feel like a good pastor. Uh, The reality is this, Jesus wants to break our chains of self-indulgence. He wants to break our chains of self-centeredness, our need for social approval, our chains of instant gratification, our chains of nonstop entertainment. It's not about the phones, it's not about the technology. Jesus wants to free our hearts in him. Here's the deal. Jesus wants to have uh, us to have freedom in a few ways. He wants us to have freedom to uh, be present. Mm. How many of you guys have been with a friend and you're talking to them? And they're like, oh, I'm still listening. I'm still listening. And then <laughs> you're like, ah, are you? Are you? It doesn't feel like you're listening right now. Uh, the reality is like majority of communications happens uh, non-verbally. And so if we're not present with our friends, Uh, we can't communicate. Uh, Jesus wants us to be free to be present in a moment 
to be present in our surroundings with other people, but also with his creation and also with him. He wants us to be free, free to be present. Uh, the, he wants us to have the freedom to focus. Man, this is a big one. God is calling us all to something in life. It's not just your job, but many of us, he's calling us to, uh, to, to pray for people. He's calling us to serve others. He's calling us to be writers. We're all, we all have a calling, and Jesus wants us to be free to focus on that, not to be uh, our minds to be wandering. Uh, he wants us to have the freedom to be fully alive. At one point, Jesus says, I've come that they would have life, and life to the full. He didn't say, I've come that they would watch cat videos. <laughs> right? Uh, he wants us to be fully alive, fully present. This life is full of adventure and risk. It's full of opportunity. And he wants us to engage in that fully. And Jesus wants us to have the freedom to see and serve others. This goes back to that Galatians verse, that through love, that we would become slaves to one another. He wants to, to look beyond ourselves, beyond our own stuff, and look to others and see how we can serve them. Jesus wants to free us in all these ways. So tonight I want to ask you, what, what does this require of you? He wants to free you from this stuff, but what does this require of you? I think the first thing is it requires you to be honest with yourself. Any kind of addiction program, the very first step is just to admit and look at your life honestly. And so I invite you this next week, just look at your, your habits honestly. Uh, Mark and I were in the office uh, a couple weeks ago. We were talking about this kind of topic, and we, <laughs> we were like, all right, every, pull out your screen time app. <laughs> you know, screen, the screen time app that sort of records how much time you spend on your phone, and we both pulled it up, and we're like, okay, you go first. No, you go first. You go first. <laughs> but it can be a little embarrassing when you look at your habits, but that's what we have to do. And again, no shame, no guilt. It's just being honest with what's going on. Uh, and the other thing is we have to be willing to be countercultural. We live in Silicon Valley. Uh, we have to be willing to, to look different, to behave a little different. So some ideas uh, that you could put into place. I bet some of you guys have already tried some of these. Uh, but the first idea of steps to take, uh, the first idea would be to take a Sabbath. Uh, this is an idea that people that aren't even in the church, that aren't Christians, have started doing uh, doing a tech Sabbath. Uh, when the Israelites had escaped the Egyptians and uh, God had freed them, uh, God commanded them to take a Sabbath once a week. And Jewish scholars uh, use this term. They said Sabbath was a gift to the Jews. It was to remind them that they weren't slaves any longer, to take a full day of rest, to be a part from what had been in, they had been in captivity for so many years. So for a lot of us, we just need to take a day where we're just away from this technology, where we take a break. Another idea is uh, to have some boundaries. Again, when the Israelites had left Egypt and become free, God gave them the Ten Commandments. And a lot of times we hear commandments or laws, and we think that they're restrictive. But really the idea of the law 
was to help uh, God's creation to thrive, to flourish. And that's what boundaries are for, to help us flourish and, and live the way we're intended to live. Uh, some ideas for this is like, just set a boundary of how many times you're going to check Instagram per day. Or maybe set a boundary of, of how many social media networks you're going to be a part of. This is going to look different for each of us, uh, but the idea of just having some boundaries that we can follow. Uh, another one is just having some physical distance from your devices. This is one I need to work on a lot. I get home from work and I go to hang out with my kids and, uh, man, I want to be fully present with my kids. I've only got a few years with them, right? And so I want to get better at putting my, my phone in a room away from them. Just create that physical separation, right? And then finally, this is sort of big picture. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys have heard of the book Digital Minil Minimalism. Anybody? Cool. Yeah, great. We're on the same page. Awesome. Uh, it's a great book by Cal Newport that came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, there's also a book called TechWise, uh, but all of us should be thinking of developing in ourselves a philosophy or a theology of technology. And that sounds super complicated, but the idea is we need to have our values decide how we're going to engage in technology, not the other way around. And so this is a big one that some of you guys will want to wrestle with. What is my philosophy? What is my theology of how I engage with this kind of technology? So those are some ideas. I know that's super practical, but sometimes we have to dive into the nitty-gritty because this is the reality that Jesus wants, to be, wants us to be free. He wants, to, wants us to be fully alive. And the things that are captivating to us are starting to hold us captive. Now, I want to tell you uh, a story about a lady named Ashley Smith as we end tonight. Uh, some of you guys may have heard of her. There was a movie called Captive that was made about her, her journey. And Ashley uh, was a lady in Ohio, and uh, she was addicted to drugs. For years, uh, drugs had starting, started holding her captive, and she couldn't be released from them. And uh, her aunt was a Christian, and her aunt and her small group started praying for Ashley. They prayed for her for six years that she would get free from her addictions. And at one point, Ashley... Uh, was starting to feel like she needed a change, that she needed to be free. She had a four-year-old daughter that, sh that couldn't live with her, so she sent her daughter to her aunt uh, to live with her aunt. And uh, she finally went uh, to her aunt's church at uh, one point, and they had a book called Purpose Driven Life, and she picked it up on her way out. And uh, so she was starting to realize, man, I just need to get free from this, uh, these things that are holding me captive. And then one night, she was going at 2 a.m., she got back to her apartment, and there was a, a convict who had escaped uh, the courthouse, and uh, he, he captured Ashley and shoved her into her own apartment and uh, tied her up with tape and, like, electrical cord and put her in their bathtub. And she talks about in that moment of just realizing, uh, man, the end is near. And she started thinking, man, I just wish I could get free from my drug addiction. And uh, after a little while, the, the convict actually asked her if she had some pot. And uh, she's like, no, I don't have any pot, but I have some meth. And so she told him where to get the meth. And, and he, uh, he brought it back, and he asked her if she wanted to, to do smoke meth 
I don't know what you do with meth. Uh, don't answer that. <laughs> uh, I watched Breaking Bad. I still don't know. Uh, so he brought the meth back, and he asked her, and in that moment, she had a clarity where she realized that this situation was a zoomed-in situation of her entire life, that she had been captive, kidnapped by these drugs. And in that moment, she said, for the rest of my life, whether I make it one more hour or I make it years, I am done. I'm setting myself free from this. So she turned him down. She said, no, I'm not going to engage in that meth. Uh, and so uh, the next thing that happened is uh, he actually loosened her, her uh, tape, and she asked him if she could read uh, The Purpose Driven Life to him. <laughs> it's crazy. She told him that she had been like reading this book and thinking about the purpose of her life. And he said, yeah, that's okay. And so she started reading some excerpts from this book, which if you haven't read it, it's basically just a summary of the Bible, God's desire for us to follow him with purpose and with freedom. And uh, as she was reading that book, he began to soften, and he asked her the question. He said, what should I do? What should I do? And she was honest with him. uh, She said, I think you should turn yourself in. And he said, okay, I'm going to do that. So he released her, and he went down to his car and let her call the cops. And the cops came and picked him up. And then uh, Ashley proceeded to, over the years, uh, to follow Jesus fully. Uh, She became completely free of her drug addiction and eventually uh, got married, and she got her her kid back, and, uh, and she's fully free now. And I know tonight we're talking about screens, and maybe it's like, man, that's a super dramatic story that doesn't really relate, but the reality is this. Jesus wants to free our hearts more than he wants to free us from a kidnapper, free us from drugs, free us from screens or anything else. Jesus wants to free our souls and our hearts. The things that hold us captive, he wants to release us from those so we can fully follow him and live as he intended us to live. So I'm going to pray, and uh, we're going to sing uh, a little bit of a song we sang earlier, just this, uh, this prayer, this desire, this uh, reflection that we want our entire lives to honor God. We want our whole lives to be submitted to him. So let's pray together, and we'll sing that. Well, God, I, I'm so thankful uh, for this community, and I, I know... Um, Man, it can, be, it can be hard to talk about these kind of topics that we're just all dealing with and everyday kind of things. But Father, my, my hope and my desire is that you would show us that you care less about how we deal with our phones and you care more about our hearts. You want our hearts to be fully aligned with you. You want us to experience the freedom and the joy that comes with, uh, with being with you. And so, Father, I ask that you would just uh, open our eyes, help us to be honest. Uh, if we've got issues with, with our screens or t- technology or anything else in those areas, God, help us to be honest, not to feel shame or guilt, uh, but to be spurred on to live fully alive with you. 
So God, I pray for this moment right now as we sing, as we pray. Uh, God, would you help us submit everything that we are to you? It's in Jesus' name we pray.